everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Okay, so today I've chosen to talk about a K-drama, or I should say just a drama that is a little bit different from my normal fare. Um, This is a production uh, between America, Korea and China, apparently. So it's a truly global show um, with, you know, appearances from actors and actresses from all sorts of different places. Um, this is Drama World. So I have seen Drama World, um, you know, just floating around for such a long time and I've always meant to check it out. Um, and I just never got around to it until a lovely listener and friend, um, Lizzie, actually mentioned it to me and she may have told me that <laughs> one of my favourite ever actors, Wudo Juan, has a small side role in it. So he's definitely not a main character, but yes, I did watch it because of that. <laughs> I am so glad I watched this this show though. It is it is really really good fun. So this show is called Drama World. It came out in 2016 and it is a web drama. So it has 10 episodes, but each episode is only like 10 minutes basically. So I mean this is such an easy breezy watch. It is a completely bonkers comedy, but it is also an absolute love letter to Korean dramas and to Korean drama fans. So I think it's the kind of show like that has been absolutely literally created for people from outside Korea who are obsessed with Korean dramas. And I've got to say, you know, that's there's not a lot in this world that's been created for that um I I guess watchership market, I don't know. You know, it's a pretty it's not a niche thing because so many people um from outside Korea around the world are obsessed with Korean dramas. Hence, you know, all the millions of Korean drama blogs and websites in English and in Spanish and in all sorts of different languages. Um and podcasts, um, you know, obviously there's a huge audience from outside Korea who is just loves Korean dramas, but there isn't really, I think, anything that caters specifically for that audience until, I guess, Drama World, which is literally like the concept is super, super drama fan, an American girl, like an American every woman girl gets transported into a Korean drama world where everything is completely bonkers and very funny. Um, the reason that I say it's a love letter to Korean dramas, which I love, like it definitely 
has all the silly tropes and you know like it takes all the most soapiest cheesiest elements from k-dramas um and it definitely pokes fun at these tropes but it is in such a loving way that the whole thing comes across as very silly and very very charming and like I guess a little bit clever just because it does know all these tropes so well that it's really able to utilize them in a very funny and amusing way, um, which I just, I really, really enjoyed. And it's such an easy watch. So, I mean, I, I just think if you are a fan of Korean dramas, this show is so worth checking out. Uh, so like I said, it's 10 short episodes. So they're saying now, so it came out in 2016. Um, I think it was kind of um, supported by Vicky, uh, which is, of course, the, the major K-drama platform in the world for watching K-dramas. Um, and obviously, you know, they knew it would appeal to their audience massively. Um, but in 2018, it was announced that a second season of the show is in production. Um, I don't know if that's still happening as I record this um, at the end uh, well, you know, like a year later or whatever. Um, so I'm not too sure if that's still happening or not, but um, hopefully it is. I would watch it. Um, and apparently the second season will have more normal length episodes. So maybe like 20 minutes or half an hour. Um, so the show is, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the story if you've seen it or in case you haven't seen it. Um, the main character is called Claire and she is played by an actress called Liv Hewson. So the start of the drama is in Los Angeles in America and she's sort of, you know, she's working in her dad's sandwich shop and she just hasn't figured out life yet. You know, she's this very young woman who has no idea what she wants to do and all she cares about is K-drama. Like to such an obsessive level, it is clearly impacting, you know, her own social life and her own ability to talk to other human beings. And man, I get that. Like I feel that <laughs> when you're watching a show that you are so obsessed with, I feel like you know, you spend so much time thinking about it and dreaming about it. And, you know, it's just, it is a little bit all consuming. I think that's why, you know, so many people uh, talk about K-drama obsession as an addiction, because it does feel a little bit like that sometimes. It really does consume your whole life and identity at times. <laughs> um, so I loved that. I really loved um, the character of Claire. Um, apparently Liv Hewson, the actress, who's been in quite a few other things, particularly the Netflix uh, comedy Santa Clarita Diet, which I've seen her in. I really liked her in that in that very funny show. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I didn't realize she's apparently she's Australian, not American. So that was interesting. But obviously in this drama, she is playing an American. Um, I kind of it's an interesting thing. She has like a really crazy haircut in this drama. Like it is pretty bonkers. Um, and I don't know if it's the most flattering haircut I've ever seen. Um, but there's something about her. I think that she's very specifically meant to represent like that. Um, you know, every woman, like she could be any of these, you know, crazy fans. And I think that's particularly, um, in the fact that, that, you know, she's quite, she's very, very pretty, but she's also quite normal looking. Like, you know, you would, you wouldn't be surprised to just walk down the street and see her while she's not like, um, you know, someone like Angelina Jolie, who just looks like a weird ethereal Hollywood goddess, if you know what I mean. So I think they're very particularly cast this role. 
as someone very identifiable, very likable, very warm, and someone who maybe, you know, a lot of fans like myself, can you can kind of see yourself in this, in her, I suppose, and in that role of this person who hasn't really figured out life. And the thing she loves most is, you know, this unattainable thing. Like she can't be in a K-drama. That's not going to be her life at any point. And it's depressing for her. Um, but of course, what happens, uh, <laughs> which makes so different from all the rest of us is that Claire gets sucked inside her phone and turns up in drama world. Like basically she's been obsessed with this very particular K-drama, which um, from memory, I think it's called Taste of Love or something. And it's um this really soapy sort of traditional looking contemporary drama set in a restaurant with like a cold kind of arrogant jerk chebol you know lead character who's trying to get away from his duties to you know be the heir of his conglomerate company and he wants to run this restaurant but he's you know kind of yelling at everybody a lot and um there's a female lead there's a second female lead there's a super nice second male lead like it's just it's very very traditional um and very fun and very cute. I really liked it. Uh, so Liv turns up in this drama world. But the kind of fun thing about it is it's not like she's just been sucked into this specific K-drama. She's been pulled into a world uh, where all the different K-dramas are basically uh you know, I guess occurring at the same time all around. And there's like little sections of drama world that are just Joseon times where all the Joseon set K-dramas are just, they're all happening and everything, you know, just goes to the end of the drama and then it all resets and happens again with the same characters. So, I mean, it's like, it's a full crazy bonkers fantasy, but it's quite a fun concept and it really leads to a lot of very hilarious moments. Um, so Liv, uh, sorry, Claire, the main character, uh, she meets this dude, um, Seth, and Seth is uh, basically, he says he's a facilitator. He's there in drama world to make sure the dramas happen the way they're meant to, because if they don't, the whole world will basically collapse and everyone will just disappear or some shit. Uh, so Seth is played by an American actor called Justin Chon, who you may have seen before. He's in Twilight. He's in a few other, like quite a few other things, actually. So he's a very, very familiar face. Um, and he, I think maybe actually he had something to do with the creation of the show as well. Um, I didn't quite get that far in my Googling, um, but he's very good in this. He kind of plays this I guess very unassuming sort of awkward dude who's sort of trying to help Claire solve all the K-drama mysteries and save the day. But then it turns out, obviously, spoiler alert, that he's completely evil, but not really. Um, and what he wants is to become the lead actor in a K-drama. You know, he doesn't want to be the little side role. And what's happened is over many, many different K-dramas of him being a facilitator where he's, his job is to make sure that the leads fall in love and everything goes well, he has actually fallen in love with the female lead and he wants to be, you know, her counterpart in the next drama. So, I mean, you can't really fault him for that because um, it's more the desire of it's quite understandable, I suppose, because as Claire sort of navigates this world, she starts falling in love with the main male lead, um, who's this guy called June Park. 
So, I mean, she's having the exact same desires and feelings. It's just that Seth is willing to go pretty far to get it, as in like he's constantly throwing people off the top of buildings and just being really, really evil. Um, And one thing I really enjoyed that I thought was quite funny is whenever he's like pretending to be good Seth, he, you know, he just looks really disheveled and kind of silly and he kind of, he acts like real, like he'll bend over and just make himself look very unassuming. And then when he's being evil Seth and like, you know, doing his evil plans or whatever, he like slicks back his hair and wears like a leather jacket and just walks around like a bit more like swaggery. Um, So it's all very, very fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It's just such a like, it's such an amusing, silly show, but because you're such a fan and you get all the references, there's something just utterly charming about it. It's really, really good fun. Um, so I guess the next character I'll talk about is June Park. So June Park is played by an American Korean actor called Sean Richard Dulac or Dulake or something like that. Um, and it's very interesting seeing all the K drama, like all the K drama actual scenes with him as the male lead, like, you know, the scenes of the drama, uh, whatever it was like, uh, restaurant of love or whatever I've forgotten already (laughs) that Claire is obsessed with watching because it's like the K-drama aspects are all there with the soapy kind of feel to it and all the the same sort of characters but like I mean I guess the guy who plays June Park like he just doesn't really look like a Korean male lead that you would see in a K-drama like I mean he is half uh, American or half British or something I think um, in real life and he just like it's just different and I think it's interesting too like this K-drama or this drama like drama world really tries to you know, I guess do all the K-drama things that we know and love, but there is this feel to it that is slightly off. So you can tell, like you can know that this isn't actually a K-drama. And it was interesting to me how obvious it is. So for instance, every K-drama ever, and it gets very much so pointed out in the show that, you know, K-drama male leads will always have that, you know, shirtless shower scene where you get to see all their crazy muscles and all that stuff. And, you know, the brooding in the shower scene. So they have one in this drama, June Park's in the shower and, you know, but the difference is, and I thought was the camera goes like way lower down past his belly button than you would ever see in a K-drama. In a K-drama, I feel like even though it's not chased, it's just like, it's a little bit less risque. I don't know how to quite explain it. So it was like this this, this drama shows all these really traditional K-drama things, but it does it from this slightly skewed angle where things still just feel slightly different. Um, one of those other, you know, things that obviously feels different, um, which I didn't mind at all, is that the guy who plays the main character of June Park, obviously Korean is his second language. So if you've watched enough Korean dramas, you can tell when someone is very fluent and when someone isn't, obviously. Um, so he just, you know, he doesn't sound quite right, but he sounds fine. Like, gosh, he can speak Korean a million zillion times better than I ever could because I can't. <laughs> so I'm not judging, but I just mean, it's just that whole thing of everything's like it should be, but it kind of not as well. And I think it really suits the vibes of the show because I think that's, kind of the whole point as well with Claire being sucked into this world is that she's a disruptor everything begins to go wrong because she's there 
Um, so I kind of liked all those different aspects and I think they're kind of, you know, amusing as well to watch the male lead swaggering around, but then his Korean isn't as good as the other characters. So it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, I, I quite like June Park. Like he's just sort of, he wasn't that bad actually. Um, but I guess, you know, I have to admit, like I sort of I kind of watched this because Wudo Hwan was in it. So I was actually, and Wudo Hwan plays the traditional Mr. Nice Guy second male lead. Like he literally owns a flower shop and just turns up to try and save the female lead every now and then. Um, and I obviously was rooting for him <laughs> in the love triangle straight away. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know. Who else should I talk about? Um, I guess there's an evil second female lead. There's the main, um, female lead who's this, you know, poor downtrodden, really nice candy type girl, um, who's, you know, working as a sous chef or whatever in June Park's restaurant. But of course, as, um, Claire begins to try to facilitate for the female lead, um, Soyeon to get together with June Park, she basically just fucks everything up consistently and begins to fall in love with June Park herself because you know he's her favorite actor in the world and she's always been in love with him anyway so I thought that was quite funny um and then the problem is of course that June Park begins to fall in love with Claire as well and there is literally a scene where um I'll just mention she slaps him in the face with a huge big like kimchi cabbage and I thought that was quite funny as well (laughs) Okay, so I should just mention, um, I did like a little bit of reading about how this show came to be because obviously Drama World is a pretty unique little weird beast. Um, So the guy who directed it and also co-wrote it, his name is Chris Martin and he is not Chris Martin from Coldplay. He is a different Chris Martin, (laughs) obviously, I guess. Um, And I found his story really interesting. Um, He's a really young dude like, um, and he is American and he studied some other thing. I don't know. I think he said maths or technology or something. I'm not even sure at uni. And then when he got out of it, he was just like, no, that's not for me. I want to make movies. And so he moved to LA to try and kind of get into the scene of making movies. And he ended up working at Ridley Scott's, you know, the big movie directors, I don't know, production company or whatever. But like he said, as the lowest of the low, like the dude who does all the shitty odd jobs. And he said he was there for quite a while. And then one day he was like sweeping leaves off um, Ridley Scott's patio or some shit. And he was like, I feel like I could do more (laughs) than this. And he happened to be obsessed with Korean directors and Korean movies. So he decided to just move to Korea and try and break into, you know, making movies in Korea. So he moves over, he teaches English so that he can learn Korean and obviously make a living. And he starts just, you know, throwing himself into, I guess, the movie industry over there. And he does like get jobs within that industry and eventually works his way up to be making commercials and different little, um, you know, I guess, little short films and movies and things like that. And then he puts himself through film school um, in Singapore for three years while traveling back and forth between Korea and Singapore. And basically he is based now, I think, in Korea. And I just thought it was such an interesting story because, I mean, that is someone like literally following their passion, no matter how bonkers that might sound to someone else. And it really interested me just because Drama World, if you think about it, it must have been such a hard project 
to pitch, you know, to get people to want to back it and pay for it and think that it could do well because it it is such a niche thing. And although there's this huge audience of Korean drama lovers, I think that there are a lot of people around the world who don't realize that and don't understand how big that audience is. So I guess I found it quite inspiring (laughs) that this dude has just pivoted his entire life and now he's created this weird little cool drama so I don't know I thought that was pretty cool I think it's um as someone who likes you know doing creative things and I like writing my books and stuff you know it's not necessarily doing a creative thing is not necessarily a pathway to money and success or a stable lifestyle so I think I always find it very inspiring when people make choices about I guess their passions or things that you know, make your heart feel good over a stable financial life. Like those things are wonderful too. Gosh, um, I I totally love money. (laughs) But I think there's a part of you that if you don't choose what you need to choose, sometimes you can feel very unfulfilled. So I I just found that a very inspiring story and I've really gone off on a tangent now. So back to drama world. I guess I'll say there is a lot of really fun cameos in in the show. Um, I looked up, the list of cameos is enormous and I didn't really know who most of them were. Um, but I did recognise uh, Choi Shiwon, who is, it's very funny. So when Claire first gets to Drama World, she's just sort of walking around and she sees this guy just get like bonkers hit by a car on the road. He goes flying and then she obviously runs out to him and is like, oh my God, are you all right? Um, And instead of, you know, the female lead of this guy's drama turning up, Claire turns up instead and it's Choi Shiwon lying on the ground and he just looks crazed like he does tend to do sometimes. He's very, very funny. Um, And he's just like, you're my ideal woman. And he just falls in love with her instantly at first sight. Um, So Seth, who's the facilitator, is just like, oh, my gosh, you know, don't go near these people. If you see an accident, you have to just let it happen. You have to because, you know, the male lead's always going to come and save them or something's always going to happen. So Claire just can't help herself and she just starts ruining everything. Um, Another scene that I found very, very funny is when Claire and Seth are hanging out in this coffee shop and he's explaining to her, you know, all the drama world rules. And one of them is that if you're a woman, you can't fall over like you can't if you launch yourself over someone will always be there to catch you and I thought that was so funny because you know we've all seen that in k-dramas a zillion times where the female lead slips over and the dude you know twirls her around it's all really romantic and so Claire just gives it a go. She literally just launches herself backward. And then Wudo Juan just like turns up out of nowhere and is all like romantic and then, you know, pisses off to get a coffee. It's very, very funny stuff. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the other thing I kind of like is at the end, you know, everything is about making sure the drama happens along the lines of a K-drama framework. And then, of course, at the very end of the drama, everything gets subverted. So Claire is trying to push June Park to give the female lead, Soyeon, you know, true love's kiss so the drama can finish with their big kiss scene. Um, And he decides that he doesn't want it because he doesn't love her and he loves Claire. So he goes and kisses Claire and Claire's like, that's great because she's totally into him and kisses him back, but is also like, fuck, drama world is about to collapse. But when they turn around, the second male lead, Weirdo Juan, has gone and kissed Soyeon. And that is true love's kiss because he loves her. 
presumably she loves him back. I don't know. She just seemed willing to kiss any old body, but anyway, <laughs> that's fine, I guess. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I liked the ending. I liked that the second male lead got the girl and I like that, you know, June Park kind of went for his feelings with Claire. I, I just, it was really good. I felt a bit sorry for Seth. Like he's, you know, the baddie in it. Um, he, I just, I felt like I really understood his motivations. <laughs> um, and he, you know, didn't get a happy ending, even though Claire gets what she wants out of it. And all she wanted was the exact same thing that Seth did. But I guess the difference is that Claire didn't throw a fuck ton of people off the top of a building and murder everybody. So I guess that's a good lesson for you all. Don't murder anybody. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say on Drama World. I just think, I mean, this is a show for fans. If you are a fan and you have watched enough K-drama to know to know their framework, to know how they flow, to know how they fit together, to know all the tropes, like there is a very hilarious scene with karaoke at the very end when June Park is trying to save the day, but the bad guy Seth turns on a karaoke and June Park has to go sing karaoke like he has to and he's unable to save everybody because he has to stop and sing karaoke like it's so cheesy but it's so funny so and I think like if you can't get the references then I don't think this would be a show that you would really enjoy but there's something about that that makes it extra charming this is a show for Korean drama obsessives and not for anybody else and you know there's not a lot out there that's very very specifically for people like us so I really really enjoyed that I found the whole thing very funny and very charming and I definitely definitely recommend it and yes it is cheesy as fuck but it is so good like it is cheesy in a good way (laughs) definitely go and give it a go so that is me on drama world Okay, so now it is time for my random thing of the week. Um, and it is, it's going to be pretty random. Um, I, know that, <laughs> I know that poetry isn't for everyone and I know, you know, it's, it's one of those personal taste things and I totally get it if it's just, you know, if it's not your jam and not for you. But I think I'm having a very sort of poetry-centered week, um, what we're going to, the poetry book launch, and just having such an enjoyable time hearing people reading their poetry aloud. Um, there's something so intimate and vulnerable, I think, about bearing your heart in that way. And I think that, you know, to be honest, a lot of the times when I'm listening to poetry like that, or when I was um, at this event, you know, I might not understand it all. Sometimes it's just flashes of imagery in your head rather than you fully understanding the meaning of a poem or what the poet meant by it and that was doubly clear at this event because a lot of the times the poets would pick up their book and say well I wrote this poem because of this or this inspired me and it's actually about this and I would listen to the poem and I'd be like wow I never would you know like how would I fucking know what that was about it's just almost like sometimes just a string of beautiful words that create such vivid imagery inside your mind so um, (laughs) to try and cut this ramble short um, my random thing this week is a excerpt from a poem because uh, I guess I'm obsessed with poetry now so I went to the library and got some poetry books and there's one that I really like and I wanted to read it out. I hope it's not too long. If it's too boring for you, you can totally skip it. But I I think it's quite beautiful. Um, Just a string of beautiful imagery, really, I think. 
So it's by Kate Kennedy and the poem is called The Taste of River Water. In a glowering afternoon, we duck through fences, stripping off sweaty clothes to wade into the river's last deep spots, here where the current works painstakingly away at islands like a probing tongue encountering a rough edge of a tooth. The water laps my neck, my empty fingers break the purling surface. It's intolerable that everything I contain is calamitous, that an insatiable hunger still hooks its ruinous weights into me, bowing my shoulders like a harness, intent on breaking me in. It's an ache that waits with all the time in the world. Your helpless eye at last catches mine. Both of us are braced here, immersed inside this stirred up chill. In its submerged branches and dark shadowed holes, we can pretend ourselves baptised or buried. And that slow insistent pull, like fingers exploring torn muscle, is the river bending around us, oblivious, looking for a way through. And that's it. That's my random thing for this week. I thought it was really beautiful. Um, really, really beautiful poetry. But there you go. It's, it's called the random thing of the week for a reason. <laughs>